Welcome back to another episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. This is a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for singers, songwriters, musicians, recording artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated, which provides management, publicity, and related services. The show website is nhte.net and has lots from all episodes, plus links to social media and podcast listening platforms. Do be sure that you have also signed up there for the weekly e-newsletter. It will ensure that you stay in the know and get further insights into the podcast, not to mention insider stuff about me and Now Hear This Incorporated, including some exclusives. So be sure that you're on the list to receive all the content published in there every Wednesday, sent straight to your email inbox. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Nashville, my guest is a singer, songwriter, guitar player who released an album earlier this year and recently scored his first number one video on the Country Network. He has toured the United States, opening for headliners such as Lee Bryce, Jamie Johnson, and Jared Neiman, among others. A song of his that featured Trace Atkins was awarded the 2019 Country Music Song of the Year at the Independent Music Awards in New York City. My guest also co-wrote another song that became used at the NFL's Tennessee Titans home games as the welcome song to opposing teams. Plus, he and his band were selected from over 10,000 bands to compete in the Hard Rock Worldwide Battle of the Bands competition in 2019, finishing as one of the 12 finalists from around the globe. You've been hearing a song of his called Can't Hide Country. Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Adam Warner. Hey, everybody. Hey, Bruce. Thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Adam, let's dive right into this with having you tell the audience all about the song of yours that was just playing called Can't Hide Country. Absolutely, man. So uh, Can't Hide Country came about a good friend of mine. Uh, he's a songwriter uh, signed over at Warner uh, Music Group. His name's Logan Wall. And um, I was looking for music, man. And actually, that's an outside cut um, for me. I was I was not a writer on that one. My friend Logan Wall uh, LV Shane, who uh, you guys might may or may not know, but he's got a new song out called My Boy that's doing really well. And uh, another friend of ours uh, named James Ryan uh, wrote that song. And um, we were just sitting in the studio and uh, I was showing him some of the songs that I had written and he was listening to them. And, and Logan kind of looked at me. He's like, dude, I think I got this song. I, I completely forgot about it. He was like, but I wrote it, you know, last year with LV and James. And, uh, and uh, nobody's cut it yet he's like you want to take a listen i said sure so he played me the demo for it and it put a smile on my face i was like man that's a that's a that's a rocker right there i like that i was like can i sit on it for a little bit and he's like absolutely so uh, i hung on to it for a few weeks and just kept listening to it over and over because i always get excited when i hear new music but uh i gotta kind of I got to kind of sit on it for a little bit until I actually fall in love with it. But it was one of those songs I just, I kept going back and listening and listening. And I was like, well, when, if I'm listening to it this much over and over again on the <laughs> demo, I hope people do the same thing. So that's kind of what led to me cutting it. But man, yeah, what a fun song. And uh, it was, it was an honor to be able to cut it uh, being from those guys, those songwriters are great guys. Okay, so keeping in mind that I've been blessed to get listeners to this show from 154 countries around the world, there are going to be people who are just being introduced to Adam Warner for the first time. So, Adam, the situation that you just described, the scenario where someone else brought a song to you and you didn't write it, but you did record it, mm -hmm. would you say that that happens maybe 10% of the time, 20% of the time? How often do you record something on one of your albums or as a single that isn't actually something you wrote? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. Um, for me, I've always kind of looked at it as a great song is a great song. And, you know, being in Nashville, there are so many, I mean, world-class songwriters here. And, uh, you know, when I got into the music industry, um, I never came into it thinking, like, I'm going to be a full-time songwriter. That was never, like, my goal. Um, I do love writing but my passion has always been out on stage with a guitar, rocking a show, you know, being in front of people. That's, that's what I came here for. So, you know, um, I try to put myself 
in rooms, you know, with these great writers, which that's what they came to town for. And, you know, like I said, if we're sitting in a room and we're writing a song and someone says, Hey man, check this out. We, I wrote this with X, Y, and Z and I hear it. And I'm like, who's cutting that? And they say, no one. Like, I mean, I have no, it, I have no ego when it comes to, you know, recording music. If someone sends me a great song and it's a great song, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, record it if they let me, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, um, you know, I would say if you were going to say percent times, you know, maybe, maybe 20, 25% of the time, a lot of the time I try to stick with, you know, um, my ideas just because uh, it's more personal to me and I feel like I deliver it better that way when it's something that I can relate to a little bit more. But again, sometimes you find these crazy songwriters that are so good at what they do. You hear it and you're like, Oh my God, that's me. And, um, you know, that was kind of like with can't hide country. I was just like, when I heard that hook, I was like, dang, I wish I would have wrote that. That's me. You know, so, <laughs> um, I don't have an ego about that at all. Yeah, I love that attitude about if it's a great song, it doesn't matter if my name is on it or not. And you're right to say right. that there certainly will be some artists out there that are going to be adamant and say, no, it's it's got to be me that wrote it. But good for you for being open-minded, because I love what you said at the beginning, that if I'm listening to it this much, hopefully when I perform it, people will love it just as much. So why wouldn't I record it? Yeah. So great, great perspective Absolutely. there. Thanks, man. I mean, again, kind of circling back, it's just, there are so many talented, uh, you know, writers in this town. And I just feel like, you know, give them their credit, give them their due. I mean, it doesn't have to be my name on it as a writer. If they're, you know, giving me the pleasure and honor of being able to put my voice on it, you know, that's good enough for me. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Well, just yesterday, which was June 22nd, I got back home following a full week out in Las Vegas. The first thing people will ask you is a question along the lines of if you came back with more money than you went there with, meaning that they want to know if you won lots of money from gambling. The fact of the matter is, not only is there lots, lots more to do in Vegas than just gamble, but more importantly, if you want to be proactive about not throwing money away when you travel out there, learn about all the tips and tricks from the insiders who are the staff that put together the Access Vegas newsletter. You would think it was a school semester coming to an end the way that I was studying from that in the lead up to the plane lifting off last week to take me out there. Yes, you've heard me talk about their 12 special reports that you also get access to when you subscribe to their newsletter, but it's the newsletter itself, not to mention their private Facebook group, where you really get in-depth information from folks that have been publishing about Las Vegas for over 20 years now. They're so sure that you'll love all the helpful insights that the Access Vegas newsletter gives you that they offer a money-back guarantee. But guess what? Nobody ends up needing to utilize that because of how much information and enjoyment you'll get from reading it. They even offer a discount to my listeners. Just go to my show website, nhte.net, and click or tap on the Access Vegas logo. And during sign-up, put in the code BRUCE to get $5 off, especially now that Las Vegas is wide open again and shows are back and people are flocking there in huge numbers you need to be prepared to maximize time and save money when you head out to what i always say is the real city that never sleeps again go to my show website nhte.net click or tap on the access vegas logo and during sign up put in the code bruce to get five dollars off Adam, there are efforts made on this show every week to bring out teaching moments for listeners who are aspiring performers wanting to learn from me and my guest on each episode. There's something interesting that you have said that I think is a very interesting and, at least as far as guests on this show, isn't something I've really heard talked about much. You served in the U.S. Marines for five years, and you feel that it helped prepare you for hearing the word no in the music business. Talk about that. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, <laughs> that seems to be a, a common thread, uh, you know, when it comes to trying to sign that deal or management deal or publishing deal. You know, you're going to hear the word no a lot unless you're just a freak of nature and you come into town and you get you get the first <laughs> yes. And if that's, if that's the case, uh, send me an email because I'd like to know what you're doing. <laughs> But, um, yeah, you know, being in the Marine Corps, um, it definitely instills this mental toughness and this uh, quality of never being out of the fight. And, um, you know, 
quitting is really not an option. And um, I, I feel like if it wasn't for that first, um, I probably would have thrown in the towel, you know, seven years ago. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's definitely been one of the biggest thing that's helped mold, like mold me as far as work ethic goes and um, the mentality going into this. And it's, you know, I was listening to, I think it was uh, John Legend said that he had, um, I think it was something crazy, like 300, oh, 300 plus no's before he finally got a yes. And, you know, you're, we're talking about John Legend, you know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah. how much more talented do you get? So, you know, I always tell people when they move, especially new artists that you know, you meet, you know, out and about and just say, you know, if it's in you, it's in you and tough it out. I mean, it's literally, it's a 10 year town for sure. So, I mean, some get there quicker um, and good for them, but for the most of us, you know, it's, it's a grind. So get used to the word. No, just because someone says no, doesn't mean you're not good enough. and doesn't mean that your music isn't good. And what you're doing as an artist isn't good is a lot of times, you know, some of these guys, some of these labels and, I call them the people in suits. They want to see, you know, if what you're going to do, if they tell you no, are you going to quit? Mm. Yeah. Um, are you going to keep trucking? And, you know, sometimes that takes five or six years until they circle back and say, okay, now, now we're ready to have that conversation. Okay. Excuse my naivety and full disclosure. I was never in the service. So mm-hmm. help me understand what goes on in the Marines that could prepare you for hearing no in the music world? Because I'm not making the connection between what was taking place in the Marines that got you used to hearing the word no. Well, um, you know, in the Marine Corps, when you're a junior Marine, and especially going through recruit training, um, you're never going to be good enough, ever. You're not going to ever be good enough. If You could be the fastest person, um, and you're still too slow. You can mm-hmm. be the strongest guy and you're never going to be strong enough. And the reason that that is, is because, you know, as a, as a leader in the Marine Corps, you don't ever want your Marines under you to get complacent and think that they've learned enough or they're, they're trained enough or they're good enough because enough is never good enough. There's always room to grow. And that's the same thing with music. Like as soon as I feel like you think you've mastered something, that's when you're going to start not being as creative or not pushing yourself to go further. So I, that's how I kind of relate to it in the simple fact that, you know, when we're training Marines, uh, you're turning civilians into warriors and, and you can't give, you can't give that inch. You know what I mean? Like you could be the best physically fit mentally there, you know, best, you know, recruit coming through recruit depot, but you're never going to know that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Because as soon as soon as you give that, yeah, you're you're good, or yeah, you're you're strong enough, fast enough, smart enough. You've done your training. People, we're human. We tend to get complacent, and then we stop working as hard. So, the Marine Corps is a great example of that. I feel like because you're always pushed and to to do better, even if you are at an excellent level, you're, you're we still strive for more. Yeah, and I love this description that you're giving. It's very visual, and I can completely understand it. And it also conjures up images of the artist who, let's pretend that the pandemic never happened. You know, you hear about mm-hmm. the artist who, I was on the road 250 dates last year. I played 275 shows last year. Well, that's great, but I hope mm-hmm. at show number 270, you were still as enthusiastic as you were at show number 70 because it does get very easy out on the road to say, wash, rinse, mm-hmm. repeat. It's just, a, I don't even know what city I'm in today. I'm just going to go up there, play my songs, get off stage, get on the bus. It's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. You just mailed it in. Right. And you didn't give that effort that the fans deserve, that your music deserves, and that, mm-hmm. as you're attesting to, Adam, that they train you in the Marines to never be complacent and say, well, what I gave today was good enough. Right. Exactly. Because, I mean, you know, it, obviously in the Marine Corps it's a lot different because good enough, you know, be, get, being complacent can get someone, you know, uh, killed or, you know, severely injured. But it's exactly what you said, you know, like I, I don't take any show for granted. You know, um, it's it's a blessing for me every time I'm able to step out on stage and do what I've always wanted to do. Uh, and, and that's, you know, be in music and be an entertainer. And, um, you know, and, and a lot of that too, you know, with the Marine Corps background, 
I think of my friends yeah, that are still active duty. You know, I had three of my buddies uh, come in town last week, and one of them I hadn't seen in 14 years because Whoa. that's how busy he had been. <laughs> Whoa. Um, but, I mean, we picked up right where we left off. And it was like, <laughs> you know, 14 years felt like four days, you know. Oh. And and it's just you – it's just like you said. It's Every show, every time you walk out on stage, you know, play it like it's the last time. or You know, you're ever going to be able to do it because you never know like this could be someone's first impression of you exactly and um you don't ever want someone to be like man i really like this album but him live was uh you know what i mean so yeah yeah you got to give it your all every single time there's yeah. no question about it yeah you don't want people saying oh how was that show you went to last night and you go eh, it was okay and yeah, now all of a sudden they're exactly. changing the subject the like, wow wow <laughs> made quite an impression on you huh <laughs> Right, exactly. One lesson that I have imparted on the audience before, probably on multiple episodes of this show, is that one of the benefits of being a solo act is you don't have to rely on other people's availability or deal with egos, not to mention that you don't have to split the pay. Adam, talk about the crossroads that you had reached earlier on when you had played in a duo and in a band, and you even got to the point where you considered that maybe the music business wasn't for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're exactly right. You know, um, the first was a, a duo I was in. And it, the hardest part for me is I really, really liked the guy that I was in the duo with. Like we were good friends prior to us, you know, deciding that we're going to go out and attack this together. Mm. And it just, you know, you get to a point where it wasn't necessarily even me and him, but um, like the producer that we hired. Um, they they lived a little bit closer together they saw each other a little bit more he starts whispering in his ear starts giving him ideas away he he you know telling him what he thinks he needs to be doing and then you know that all of a sudden you start feeling this friction and um it just uh you know long story short it just it, it just started not working um musically the songs weren't be, you know being as written as well as they should have been and it was kind of the like what we were touching base before where i was like man like i think we can beat this lyric and then you know the producer in the room is like oh no that's good enough mm. well it's like is good enough really good enough <laughs> you know so um that kind of transpired and, and and ran its course um and there were no hard feelings i think we both kind of knew that we were headed in different directions um and then he ended up moving out of nashville like a year later and i i don't think he even pursues music as like a you know a career anymore so um you know blessing in disguise it was kind of a hard you know parting ways just because we were good buddies but and still are friends like i said i mean there's no hard feelings there it's just kind of you know an awkward situation between friends at the time and then like you said i i joined the band um and it was kind of a lot of the same, you know, a lot of different personalities involved and, um, just, you know, I wanted, I had my vision of what I thought the song should be. And then of course everybody else had their vision and it just became work. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't the fun aspect of, of, of music anymore. The writing was not as fun. The shows were not as fun. And again, I kind of got to a crossroads and I was just like talking to my wife about it. I was like, I feel like, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. And every time I get involved with, you know, someone like this happens, I was like, maybe it's just a sign that I'm not supposed to do this. Mm. And, um, you know, she was just, she told me, she was like, you know, as long as I've known you, this is all you've ever talked about. But she's like, uh, I've never, you've never gone about it on your own maybe that's what you're supposed to do. Hmm. I was like, I just don't know. I don't know. So I tossed it around the idea around for a while. And I was just like, you know, you're right. I don't want to be sitting on the couch one day wondering what if I would have done it this way, what would have happened? So that's kind of really what got me out of my comfort zone of being in a group duo or band and just pursuing it as a solo artist. And, you know, so far so good. Um, you know, I'm, I'm the only person that I can point a finger at and blame if something doesn't go right. (laughs) That's right. um, Yeah, it's um, it's definitely been a, a different journey, but I'm 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 really glad that all of those prior experiences led me to being a solo artist because it definitely gave me a clear you know cut line of this is what I want to do, this is how I want to do it, and this is definitely not the route I want to take as far as you know being in a group goes. So 
it was an educational experience for sure. <laughs> yeah, and for the audience that started Adam on the road to bigger and better things by 2018, he was writing for an opportunity that the Tennessee Titans had out for a new song for the team, which I alluded to back in the intro. Adam, talk about that project, including, I understand that the team even made a video for the song? Yeah, they did. Uh, the song is called Welcome to the South, and... Um, it was kind of crazy. Like you said, it's kind of crazy how it came about. I was actually, uh, I was leaving my house, driving to Nashville. I had a ride that day with two of my buddies, uh, Quinn Loggins and, and Trapped and Harvey. And um, definitely didn't have that song in mind when I was going there. But my uh, manager had, uh, called me and he was like, hey, just got off the phone uh, with John Robbins. And I was like, who's that? <laughs> he was like, the general manager of the Tennessee Titans. I was like, oh. <laughs> Oh, that John Robbins. Yeah, I know him. <laughs> exactly. And I was like, oh, yeah. I go, well, I'm assuming he doesn't want me to come try out for quarterback, so what's the deal? <laughs> and um, he told me, you know, they're doing this new fan experience, and he, you know, John and uh, Bill, my manager, have known each other for a really long time. He was like, I know you're working with this new artist. Is this something that, you know, he would be interested in? And Bill answered for me and said, yes. So... <laughs> Uh, he calls me and he was like, Hey, what are you doing? You know, I told him I was driving in Nashville. He tells me the story and I was like, Oh, well, that's interesting. I go, where do they need the song by? And he was like, as soon as you can get it done. And I was Whoa. like, all right, well, and I was like, I'll, I'm going to a right to, like as we speak. So I was like, I'll see what we can come up with. He was like, okay, cool. Just call me when you get it done. And I said, okay. So, um, went to the right. I told Trafton and Quinn, you know, what had happened. And, uh, they were like, of course, they were really fired up about that. They're like, awesome. And he's like, how many other people are doing this? I was like, dude, I have no idea, but uh -huh. like, we need to write one. So um, I had the idea of, uh, I came up with the idea of Welcome to the South, um, just because South and House is a really good rhyme. I told him <laughs> every football coach or coach I've ever had has always told me, you know, we're not, this is our house and no one's going to come into our house and push us around. It's kind of like the, the go-to line for coaches, I guess, but, um, they liked the idea of it. And, uh, man, it was a little, like, it was so fun writing. It was one of those songs that kind of wrote itself. I mean, we wrote, ended up writing two songs that day because we finished that one so quick. I think it was like maybe an hour and we, it was done. We kind of were like looking at each other like, man, that happened real fast. I don't know. It's, it's either a great song or they're going to look at it and be like, what is this? So, um, they ended up loving it, and like you said earlier, we did shoot a music video for the song, got to uh, shoot it with the Tennessee Titan cheerleaders, uh, some of the football players. Um, it, it was quite an experience. Um, and then, obviously, after it was all done and edited and put together, uh, watching it on the uh, Megatron for the first time uh, from the football on the football field, uh, that's definitely one of those uh, – in the memory bank moments that I'll never forget. That was really cool. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Very exciting. And listeners, I believe that this might only be the second time in the more than seven years of Now Hear This Entertainment that a guest has talked about actually doing something with an NFL team way, way, way back in just the second year of the show, way back on episode 88. Karen Waldrop talked about working on a jingle for an NFL team. I believe it was the New Orleans Saints. I will put a link to that interview on Adam's show page on nhte.net. There are going to be up-and-coming artists who hear this episode of Now Hear This Entertainment, and with regards to my mention back in the intro about your having done a duet with Trace Atkins, those folks are going to wonder mm -hmm. how they can get a major headliner like that to do a song with, too. Explain how all of that came to be. Yeah, man, you know... Um kind of crazy how things work out you know um, a lot of prayer involved honestly and um again uh having just the right team of people with you uh, my manager really helped put that into place um he's known trace for a really long time i think over 20 years and um when i very first started as a solo artist one of the, a song that i wrote um with the guy that i was in a duo with um i ended up recording re-recording and I, I did it my way versus the way that you know they wanted to do it ah. and uh, I played it for my manager and he was just like man that's that's just that's a great song he's like I really really love that song and I was like thanks and he goes would you be mad if I played it for a friend of mine and he didn't tell me who the friend was and I was <laughs> like well no nah, man not at all 
And he goes, oh, I just think it's a song that he might resonate with, and I just want his opinion. I was like, okay. So I sent, he's sending the song, and uh, you know, a couple weeks went by, and then I got a phone call, and he was like, hey, um, go, again, going to a Titan football game. He goes, uh, my friend that I sent that song to is going to be there. Would you like to go with me to meet him? And I was like, well all else fails i get to watch the titans play so i was like yeah sure still not knowing who he's talking about so wow. we get uh get to the stadium and then um he gives me a, a badge and all kinds of stuff i'm like damn man i was like where are we going he goes oh we're going up to the suite level and i was like well that's cool i've never done that before and uh so we get up in the suite and i'm kind of standing there looking around the room and i'm like man who in the world i wonder which one of these guys you know got my song so you know, unbeknownst to me, Trace was there singing the national anthem that day. Uh, but you know, obviously, I'm not. I'm not thinking Trace Atkins. You know, what yeah, I'm you're thinking? not putting two and two together that he's down there and and maybe he's the one. Right. Yeah. No, I'm not even thinking that because I mean, this, you know, at this point, you know, he's never even been mentioned. So, um, you know, I'm standing there with my back to the door, and I notice that everybody's kind of looking at me, and I was like. I kind of wiped my nose a little bit. I was like, man, I got a booger with my fly undone. <laughs> and then I kind of felt like this presence, and I was like, man, I feel like someone's breathing on my neck. And I turn around, and I was about uh, eye level with his stomach. And then I looked up, and I was like, oh, crap, you're Trace Atkins. <laughs> he just kind of smiled and looked down. He was like, yeah, last time I checked. <laughs> and then uh, I, <laughs> I just introduced myself to him, and, he uh he said you the boy that wrote that song and i was like yes sir that was me he goes who sang that and i said that was me on the demo as well he goes that's a good song he goes uh i really like it he goes but it's way too country for the album i'm doing right now and he goes and then he said i i know how that sounds and i was like no nah, i get it he goes but uh if i was you i'd put that song out yourself and see what happens hmm. so i said okay and then uh you know couple years later you know i I ended up uh opening some shows for trace being on the road with him and then uh, one night on his bus i was joking around about that song uh simplify and i was like you know told him how much that song meant to me and i was like man you know halfway joking around saying we should re-record that together he just kind of looked over at me and goes all right and i was like oh okay wow (laughs) yeah that's just that easy literally how it happened (laughs) wow amazing amazing back to the song that the titans were using are they still playing that to this day at their games you know i don't think they are because of uh changeover with the coaching staff because a lot of the um i know mike malarkey was in the video when he was head coach Uh, um and I think now that they and I told uh, I sent John a message that's like you know you can just cut that part out <laughs> and uh, he just put laugh out loud and I was like no I was being serious but yeah you know, <laughs> no I don't think they're playing the music video there anymore uh, I've had a couple of my friends say that they play uh, they've heard this like they play a clip of the song um, every now and then they text me and they say dude that's Titans game just heard a clip of Welcome to the South it's so cool and I was like well cool at least they're still playing you know a clip of the song out loud just uh, they're not doing the video thing anymore well you know now that i hear you say that as i asked you the question i thought to myself if he says no they're not playing it anymore i'm just going to edit this out so that people don't hear that his song isn't being played there but i think i'm leaving this in because it is good again for aspiring performers out there who are listening to learn that these are the things that could end up developing where Mm. you've got a good thing going and all of a sudden something as simple as a coaching change or the administration or whoever and they just move on and they just want a different atmosphere they just want a different song or whatever the case is so it's still something great to hang your hat on but don't take it to the bank that just because they're using it one season means they're going to use it the next season or for five more seasons Mm -hmm. so still still good insight adam let's get into your music and some current projects for starters at the end of February, you put out a 12-song album called Big Storm. Share with the audience all about that release. Yeah, so um, that's pretty much my first full-length uh, album. And um, some of those songs were coming off of an EP that I had put out. And um, I just I love the songs that were on that EP so much. I just wanted to include them on Big Storm. But, um, you know, Big Storm was, man, it was just, it was an undergoing. It was a project for sure. And it... Uh, 
as far as songs go, you know, again, uh, man, I call it a God thing. Um, he works in very mysterious ways. And Big Storm, the song, the title song uh, off the album, um, was a song written by uh, singer-songwriter and Hall of Fame, Country Music Hall of Fame songwriter, Kim Williams. Now, for people that don't know who Kim is, um, pretty much every 90s country song that was the number one that you sing to in your car, he probably wrote it. Uh, Garth Brooks, Ain't Going Down Till the Sun Comes Up, Randy Travis, Three Wooden Crosses, uh, Papa Love Mama, another Garth Brooks, Midnight Cinderella, another Garth Brooks. He's got some George Strait cuts, um, Reba cuts, Clay Walker's in there. There's, I mean, the list goes on and on. I'm just trying to rattle off stuff on the top of my, off the top of my head. But he wrote that song, and uh, I met his. Uh, he's since passed away, but I met his wife at a show of mine, and um, you know. You never know who you're talking to in Nashville. And of course she told me, you know, her husband was a songwriter and he, he had some songs that um, she thought that would be a great fit for me. So I was like, yeah, sure. I'll check them out. So we go to dinner and she starts telling me about her husband and she tells me his name. And I'm like, dang, Kim Williams, why do I know that name? <laughs> and um, I was like, I'm not trying to be rude. I was like, I just, I'm, I'm horrible with names. I'm great with faces. Um, is your, is, are we talking about like, the Kim Williams, like songwriter, country music hall of fame. And she said, yeah, that was my husband. I was like, wow. holy cow, no kidding. And I was like, well, you know, sorry for your loss. I'm so, what a brilliant mind. And you know, he was taken from us way too soon, but she sent me some songs and big storm was the first song I listened to off of his catalog. And I literally like turned and looked at my wife and I was like, yeah, if every song is like that, then I'm I'm not gonna have trouble throwing <laughs> this album out. So, um, yeah, I was very very fortunate uh, to be able to you know record a, record that song, and there's a few more of his songs on there. But you know, the biggest thing for me, and this is what I love so much about music, is that you know even though Kim uh, isn't here anymore, I mean his songs will live on forever, and I mean his catalog. I'm talking tens of thousands of songs that still haven't seen the light of day. Mm. And, um, you know, if, if it's up to me and I get, and I have the opportunity to, I'll, I'll record, you know, one of his songs or two of his songs every time I put out an album or an EP, just because I just think he, he was such a brilliant, brilliant songwriter. And I love it that his music will still live on no matter, even though he's not here with us. Well, and how cool that we're only at the midpoint of the show, yet we have come full circle now in terms of you having said earlier about the percentage of songs that if it's a good song, I'm going to record it even if I didn't write it. And here you mm -hmm. are saying, if I get the opportunity, anytime I'm doing another recording project, I'll put another one or two of his on there. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, when you're, it's just great, like, when you're listening down and, and reading, you know, the lyric sheets of uh, his songs, you're just like, um, it's simple enough a five-year-old can understand it, but it hits, you know, a, <laughs> it hits a grown-up in the heart where they're like, oh my gosh, yeah, like, how yeah. did he even think to string that together? And it's just, yeah, he, he, he was just an amazing, amazing writer, a super talented guy. Awesome. And, um, awesome. It, it, it was an honor to, to record him. I'm joined today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Nashville by singer, songwriter, guitar player Adam Warner. Visit his official website at adamwarneriscountry.com. I will have a link to it from the show page for this episode at nhte.net. Lots to see on his website, including links to download and stream his music, plus some videos to watch. There's also lots of merchandise there plus a list of Adam's upcoming live shows. You will also see logos on his website to connect with Adam on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. Incidentally, if you have not noticed, there seems to be a trend in the podcasting world of using the word follow, moving away from the word subscribe, so as to not imply cost. Some of you might have come to now hear this entertainment for this episode specifically just to hear Adam Warner. Thank you, but I hope you and even other listeners who are new will check out other episodes of my show and of course that you will hit the subscribe or the follow button wherever you regularly listen to podcasts there have been a lot of great guests over the last seven plus years so do check out some of the 380 plus episodes that have preceded this one and stay with me for a new episode every wednesday 
Adam, you were talking about your new album. At the end of this episode, we're going to play one of the songs from there called Four Square Miles. But for now, talk about the video that y'all did for that song. And by the way, folks, more than 150,000 views on Adam's official YouTube channel of this video. Go ahead and talk just about the video itself, Adam. Yeah, so, you know, um, it was so... This is my most... I don't, I don't know what I use the word favorite, but it was definitely the most fun for me because I got to go back to my hometown where I grew up uh, to shoot the video. And, you know, um, both sides of my family are farmers. I grew up on that farm um, all the way up, you know, working it all the way up until the day I, I, I left for the Marine Corps. Wow. And uh, to be able to share a piece of me, basically, you know, where I grew up, like, this is my granddaddy's house. This is where our grain bins are. These are his tractors. This is my daddy's, you know, my daddy's farm. These are his, you know, that was real personal for me. So I felt like I was, you know, letting, letting people in to be like, you know, a little bit, you know, to see a little bit more of me and where I'm from and, and, and what I'm about, because, you know, I, I talk about it when I sing the song, especially in uh, writers rounds and stuff like that. You know, I tell people I grew up in, you know, southeastern Illinois, and people hear Illinois and they immediately think of Chicago. And I'm mm. like, no, it's it's more country there than it is here. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> but um, man, it was just such a cool experience to be able to, you know, we brought a drone with us and we did, you know, some uh, shots. You were flying through uh, my little town of four thousand people, and and uh, then obviously over the top of our farm and just um. It's it, it's just a real personal song for me. I was I was very glad that uh, when we were talking, my manager and the producer that uh, that filmed it, um, you know, he they had the idea because like, we originally we were just thinking we was to shoot it out here in Nashville would be a lot easier. And uh, my manager and producer were talking like, man, I think we just I say we load up and drive to your drive to your farm in Illinois and just shoot everything on location. Wow. And I was like, really? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, I think we, I mean we're down to do it. And I was like. Well, all right. I mean, I didn't even think about that, but I'm glad that they had the idea. But yeah, it, it was it was such a cool thing, man, and and I love that it's you know again uh, there forever. You know, you know, I'm, I recently lost uh, my grandfather, who you know some of that song was written about, and um, you know I, I put a clip of uh, him and I uh, riding in his combine together from a couple years prior. Uh, in the video so it's just a, it's a cool tribute to him and, and just my hometown and also being able to let people see you know where i grew up what my farm looked like and where i come from kind of, kind of connecting the dots of who i am yeah and that little piece of trivia that adam just gave out there folks when you watch the video do make sure you stay all the way to the end because that's where the little easter egg is that's where what adam just described is the authentic audio and video of him and his grandfather so it's definitely worth sticking all the way through for and i also wanted adam to talk about that video because as i mentioned back in the intro adam congratulations that was your first number one video on the country network yes thank you i appreciate that but yeah that was uh, another just unreal moment you know something i never expected um that kind of came about, I have a, a live streaming series called uh, Beer 30 with Adam Moore. And, you know, like you said earlier, you know, a lot of artists, you know, 250 shows a year. I was playing about 120 shows a year. And then COVID comes around and we played one show that year. So uh, I was like, man, like, I don't want my band to have to move to wherever they're from. Uh, you know, I've got to keep my guys busy. I need to stay sharp. But I know this isn't going to last forever. So we started that Beer 30 Live with Adam Warner. Well, just so happened to be at some uh, producers from the uh, from the Country Network uh, were in town, and my uh, my PR guy, my publicist, he knew him, knew they were in town, and invited him, invited them to come on set. So uh, I just so happened to be playing Four Square Miles uh, for my sound check that day. And uh, came off stage and, you know, introduced myself to him, was talking to him. And the guy was like, man, I love that song. And I, uh, he goes, brings me back to like where I grew up. And I was like, well, good. I did my job then because it shouldn't matter where you're from. It should take you back to wherever your little four square miles is. And um, we played him the video and he was like, man, that's just, he fell in love with the song. So he was like, you know, they got to talking and he said, I'm going to put this on network. And I said, 
please, <laughs> please do that. I'd, I'd appreciate it. And then, you know, that first week it made the top 20 and I, I was just, I was tickled to death that it made top 20. I was like, man, if it don't get any better than this, like I said, I had a top 20 video on the country music network and, uh, you know, week by week, it just slowly started to climb and, you know, went from 20 to like 14 and 13. And before you know it, we had a top 10 and I was, just you know, I was like, said the same thing again. I was like, "Holy cow, we got a top 10. I mm. mean, if it doesn't get any, you know, grow any more than that, I'm I'm happy. And then you know, a couple more weeks go by, and we're sitting in the number two spot. And uh, I got a call from a network, and they said, "Hey, and I, uh, did you see where Four Square Miles is at?" And I was like, "I sure did, man. Number two. I go, I can't believe that. Thank y'all so much for, you know, even putting it on there, let it alone, you know." now it's a number two and he goes well i just wanted to be the first one to tell you that next week it's going to be number one wow and man like i i didn't even know what to think i was just like well first i thought man i wish my grandpa was here so i could uh. you know call him and tell him but uh, i know he knows but yeah man what a what a feeling i was overwhelmed fantastic fantastic and speaking of videos i understand that last month you shot a video for can't hide country which was the song that we played at the beginning of this episode Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so uh, I pl- I got to play my first what I call big like good size show um, a couple weeks back uh, with my buddy Trace. We were in Columbia, Tennessee, and uh, I was uh, opening for Trace that night. And um, that was the first time we'd played that song live too. So um, I had my videographer with us, and uh, they're taking pictures and had the video cameras and everything. And, we thought, heck, might as well. Let's just let's just shoot a live performance video and see what happens. So, uh, I haven't got the uh, edited version back yet, but so far it looks pretty cool. Um, I think we had about five thousand people show up for that show. So, wow, uh, wow. should should be a pretty good one. Nice, nice. And there's another video project of sorts that you're involved with. You started to mention it a little bit before. I'd like to revisit the discussion about beer 30 and selfishly i will have the audience know before you jump in and fill them in about what beer 30 is and how that came to be and what happens on that show there were actually two past guests from this show that were on beer 30 one was manny blue and one was josh gallagher so adam tell the audience more about beer 30 absolutely so um like i was saying earlier you know COVID had hit um no shows were on the books and uh, i was just trying to think of a way one how do i stay engaged with my audience um without being on the road and two if they're anything like me i'm going stir crazy and i'm looking for something to do (laughs) anyway so i was thinking to myself like man we gotta like we got to bring some entertainment to people, but I don't want it to be like everybody else. I don't want to, you know, sing into the camera phone and, oh. you know, me, you know, me and a guitar and just, you know, live stream the live stream. I was like, that doesn't interest me at all. It has to be with a purpose. So my manager and I were talking and, you know, he's like, I just think you should do like Adam Warner and friends live, you know, live with Adam Warner and friends. And I was like, nah, I just seemed like kind of tossing it around and I looked at the time and I was sitting there talking to him. It was about five thirty, and I was like, man, I was like, we're going to have to finish this later. I was like, I got to get home. I was like, it's about beer 30 right now. <laughs> and we just kind of looked at each other at the same time. I was like, that's the name of the show, isn't it? Wow. Yup. Wow. <laughs> I was like, cool. So that's literally how that came about. And, um, man, it's been a lot of fun. You know, like you said, uh, Manny blue was on there just recently. Great guy, great singer songwriter or singer songwriter from uh, Canada. Um, and then my friend Josh Gallagher, we write all kinds of music together. Most of the songs that are on my EP, that album and my upcoming EP, uh, Josh has had a pen uh, in that song. We're real good buddies. And um, amongst other guests, Lewis Bryce has been on there. Uh, but I just, I try to invite all my friends uh, to, to come on, but it's it's been so much fun to do. And uh, we got something kind of cooking on the back burner with it right now Uh, nice i can't say too much about it but it's definitely growing i'll say that much maybe we can talk with katalka get back together again Mm -hmm. and i can drop the news to you (laughs) well i like the creativity because there was a place for what you described but in fact let's be honest there were lots and lots and lots and lots of people that were sitting in their residence staring into their phone or their 
iPad or their laptop or whatever it was and, and all doing the same thing. So mm-hmm. hats off to you for, for getting creative. Music is your job, and we all have interests in our personal lives away from whatever our work is. One of yours is fishing, but I want the audience to understand this is not just recreational for you. <laughs> no, it's not, man. I take it serious. My wife gets a little irritated with me. She thinks there's something wrong with me when my <laughs> alarm goes off and it's 3 a.m. She's oh, like, gosh. seriously? And I'm like, baby, I'm they get up early <laughs> it's time to go but yeah i fish a lot of bass tournaments man. uh I, I just love it you know it's my second love music is number one and fishing is number two uh, I've, i grew up doing it my entire life and uh you know I, i've always hunted and i love hunting but there's just something about fishing that i love more i don't know what it is but for me it's fishing but yes i take it pretty serious um i've had a few first place wins and then i, I fished uh I fished a tournament at the beginning of the year and I, and I made the, uh, oh yeah, I made the Tennessee state national championship during COVID. Wow. So that was a lot of fun. Wow. I finished, uh, 12th place out of 133. So I was pretty, I was pretty excited about that. Well, good for you. Cause you're having fun with work and with play. So you found a way to, yeah. To, to enjoy both parts of it. We're going to close today with the song whose video you talked about, Four Square Miles. But before I let you go and I play the song, go ahead and tell the listeners all about this one, if you would, please. Yeah, sure. So um, I wrote this song with a good friend of mine, uh, two good friends of mine, sorry, Carlene Watt and Jeff Anderson. And um, I'd, I'd had the, the first verse pretty much written. And um, I couldn't, you know, I told him I sang it to him and played it to him, and, and again, it's kind of one of those songs that just kind of took took life and took off. And they, uh, it was a full team effort. I mean, it just it can't. I couldn't. The song couldn't have come together any more perfect. And you know, like I said, uh, writing this song is about where I grew up. Um, you know, working with my grandpa on that farm, my dad on the farm, and just you know, the idea was to be able to write a song where it, it doesn't matter if you grew up in southeastern Illinois on a farm or if you grew up in, you know, New York City with no farm around. But when you hear the song, it's supposed to bring you back to to home. And, um, you know, everybody that so far has said that's what it's done for them, and, and uh, that means a lot to me. That means I did my job as a songwriter. So um, this, again, this song, you know, dedicated to my grandfather and uh, – it's uh, it's probably the most special song for me personally that I've that I've written and put out just for that simple fact because uh, we were best friends. But um, yeah, I, I hope you all enjoy it and love it um, as much as I love to write it and play it out. So. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, Adam, congratulations. A couple months late, but congratulations on the new album and on the number one video and continued best wishes. Uh, hope you have lots more success and hope to see you out there on the road somewhere. Man, I appreciate it, and thank you for having me on. I, I, I love uh, being able to do this, so I'm glad that you made time to fit me in your schedule because I know you got a, you're a busy man too. I know you got a lot of these under your belt, so <laughs> I appreciate you uh, being able to put me on one. It makes, means a lot. Absolutely, absolutely, and I appreciate you saying that. Thank you. Listeners, that will do it for another episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer, songwriter, guitar player Adam Warner. Do visit his official website at adamwarneriscountry.com. As I mentioned earlier, I will have a link to his website on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. Lots to see on his website. Links to download and stream his music, plus some videos to watch. There's also lots of merchandise there, plus a list of Adam's upcoming live shows. You will also see logos on his website to connect with Adam on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. Let Adam know that you heard him and his music on Now Hear This Entertainment. Support him, purchase downloads of his music, and again, like I did just this morning, follow him on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Let me also repeat that some of you might have come to this episode of Now Hear This Entertainment specifically just to hear Adam, and I do thank you for that, but I hope you and even other listeners who are somewhat new-ish will check out other episodes of my show And, of course, that you'll hit the subscribe or follow button wherever you regularly listen to podcasts. 
There have been a lot of great guests over the last seven plus years, so do check out some of the 380 plus episodes that have preceded this one and stay with me for a new episode every Wednesday. On the show page for Adam's episode, I'm going to have links to three past episodes, Karen Waldrup, Manny Blue, and Josh Gallagher. For now, that will do it for episode 385. Thanks ever so much for listening. We'll send you out today with another song from Adam Warner. This is the one he just talked about called Four Square Miles. An open cab John Deere and a hand-me-down Ford A hundred head of Chester Whites, four kids and his wife Granddaddy was a simple man and he loved a simple life big someday Stars out there ain't half as bright as the make them out to be Might be closer to the sunset but ain't nowhere near as sweet as those four square miles of home Where the corn's knee high by the 4th of July and the Those four square miles.